Okay, Mike check one, two. We back at it. Yes, indeed. This is your man Kyle Means, editorial director, we are RegalRadio.com, War Media. That is the label. Get with it. And I'm here with my my intern, Supreme. He's he's uh actually on his way out the door as far as internship goes. He's becoming a man before my very eyes. <laughs> but is one Ian Jackson is sitting alongside me. What up, what up? And uh yeah, we he's on a ride out with me here for this latest edition, this latest and greatest edition of Freestyle Friday. It's been a little while. Uh no, but it you know, summer's been summer's kind of wild like that. You know, summer is the sort of is the season where you can you start you can start things and stop things or you know, you you know, certain things get in the way of or sometimes you just want to lay back and chill, you know. It's, that's how summer is, man. But you know, I, I I ain't giving up on the freestyle Friday stuff. Also, also, there's been a lot of stuff to do on on Fridays, so it's been hard to get a uh, get some of these episodes out like I wanted. But but uh, you know, it's cool. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm, nothing never really ends here on on War on Anchor. We pick stuff up and we put it back down, pick them up and put it back down, you know. This is just our way to express ourselves and, and uh, you know, utilize this platform as best we can. So, you know, that's that's what you get with this particular show and uh, what you're going to get in this episode as well. But, uh, you know, with Ian here, I got a cup, you know, he's going to be talking with me on a couple of these uh topics that I'm going to throw out here in a minute, in a minute. But, uh, I want to, I want to talk to you first off though, about just your whole process of being an intern, you know, let some of these people know this may be an educational thing for some of our listeners, you know, who, who've never been in an internship or maybe may look forward to something like that in the future. So, you know, being that you're, you're close to ending this whole experience, you know, what's it been like for you to uh, sort of spread your wings and, and, and get out into the world a bit as a, as a professional? I would say that it's definitely been a learning experience for me, learning the ins and outs, especially of being a uh, future sports journalist in the making, knowing how to enhance your craft along with the writing aspect and, making sure you know what certain questions to ask to make sure you get that in-depth content that you can uh, collect that that only you can get other than your competition. Because, of course, with journalism, it's always, like, it's always in the spirit of competition trying to beat out, like, who can get to that beat first sort of thing like that. Yeah. So it's always good. It's like if you can have that one certain aspect of getting, like, that certain charisma to get those certain answers out there that your competition can't get, you're already ahead of the game. So learning in those ins and outs and, like, the basics of that stuff um, uh, was always a uh, good thing to learn while I was interning and just – developing myself uh, as the time goes by and into my future endeavors and everything will always be something to take along with me. And of course, there is, there's the experience of being led by a true innovator and, and a, you know, a legend such as myself, right? Oh, absolutely, of course, because without uh, Calvin's, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do what I need to do and been getting a lot of uh, positive feedback on my craftsmanship, and I basically owe it all to this guy right here, paving the way for me and making sure I know what I need to do. And um, they always keep telling me, Ian, when is your next uh, piece going to come out? I'm like, I'll try to get out as soon as possible, and then if I need help, then Kyle's always got my back and make sure I get that right uh, spicy content out for the people that I want to pitch in. So There you go. There you go. See, I got another one on the team now, so... He's, he, I got another disciple on, on the, on following me now. So that's, you know, you just got to go out there and preach the gospel of Kyle <laughs> and, 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 and you'll be all right. Well, uh, you know, 
Yeah, I, I I appreciate the kind words, of course. I'm just, you know, joking a little bit about the legend and, and, and innovative stuff. But, but uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, just being out there and being on the ground and doing work, you know, we've been able to get you to do some different things, go out on assignment on at, at locations and, and, and certain things. And, you know, you put together a couple pieces on your own and stuff. Well, what was what was the your favorite thing that you've done and during this internship? Uh, I would say my favorite one would have to be my very first assignment that I went on. Is that was the Chicago Public Schools soccer showcase because being able to go out into that environment, going to Lane Tech Stadium at Lane Tech High School, and being able to um, talk to um, one of the head uh, directors of Chicago Public Schools, uh, Juliana, and she was able to tell me uh, her mission on bringing as many uh, scouts out to the showcase every year, because this was the second annual one that she had this previous year. And she's trying to make it grow into a bigger platform because a lot of uh, high school players might not have enough money to do club soccer or do like league uh, uh, clubs and stuff to get noticed that way. So and always another way is to go to the showcase, show out in front of these scouts and show them what you're made of and um, getting a lot of uh, positive feedback and what they can work on and getting a lot of the uh, scouts and dream schools of the kids' choices um, there as well to check you out is always a great thing. So just hearing, like, that mission and that uh, resolve was, like, a heartwarming, like, uh, story for me to cover and look at. And just doing stories like that was always, like, a joy and, like, a adrenaline rush for me to cover. That's, that's good, man. Check it. Check that out. Uh, uh, check out that piece if you haven't already on um, uh, radio dot com. You look up uh, the uh, what's what's the what's the name of that organization? The uh, oh, scouting um, organization. It was. I know uh, part of it is Chicago Public Schools. Yeah, Chicago Public Schools. Yeah, and then I'm trying to remember the other half. There's a, CP, yeah, a CPS soccer showcase. You look CPS soccer. Ian Jackson. You could look it up that way, probably, and uh, find that. But that's yeah, that was a good piece that you did, man. I think I think the piece that you may have gotten the, the best feedback on, as far as I've seen, and maybe the most views, was the piece that you wrote on Coco. Oh um, yeah. The the, t- yeah, the the young tennis star who made a breakthrough at uh at Wimbledon. That was a nice piece. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you got some good feedback definitely for that one as well. And uh definitely uh definitely gotta big up your coverage for the on the big three yeah. uh this year. You know, that has been been pretty interesting in the big three. Uh done some done some good things. Uh you know, some not so good things I would say was maybe not providing passes. For your boy as they came into town this year, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know I, I'm not gonna hold it against them <laughs> yet. But uh, you know, but overall, victory has been entertaining this year, and um, you know they got their playoffs coming up this week. So you know, shout out to 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 the victory, you know, just for for staying afloat and, and for being entertaining, and um, you know. Uh, I Ian to have a little bit more on that uh on the website coming up as well. But uh but yeah, but this is you know, this is the Freestyle Friday. And uh, you know, before we before we get into some of the, the other stuff that we're gonna get into, we'll we'll do let's do some more sports talk, you know, because I got a young thriving sports journalist here with me. And um, you know, he likes to talk he wants to talk about football as well. Football, you know. There's been a lot of uh, adjacent football talk this week. Uh, I think you know what I'm sort of getting into, and we actually are going to get into that in a, in a little bit uh, with regards to NFL and uh, 
black people and all type of stuff like that. But, you know, we're going to talk about the sport straight up and down here. Uh, the NFL uh, close to uh, kicking off his new season. Uh, preseason has been uh, in the third week now. And um, uh, to that end, you can listen to, if you're a fan of the Bears, in particular, you can listen to me and Ryan Bukovetsky preview uh, the, the Bears' latest preseason game coming up. Uh, as you'll probably hear that, they'll probably be out before this. So, uh, you know, you can probably listen to that right after. If you haven't listened to it already, listen to it right after you listen to this. But uh, anyway, you know, let's talk about because I could talk about with the Bears with Ryan. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that's going on in the league. And, uh, you know, I know you came at me with some of the, some of the stuff that's been interesting to you. So, uh, you know, let, you know, let it out. Uh, Ian. what's, what's been some of the, there's been, there's been some wild stuff happening in the league in, in the preseason already. Oh man. Where can I begin? So I would say the first thing that really like, caught my attention is how long that Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott have been holding out on their respective teams because they both want to be highest paid running backs for their respective teams, if not for the whole entire league, which I can respect for Melvin Gordon's case because he had a phenomenal season last year. Don't get me wrong. And the Chargers did have a great push last season in the playoffs trying to get as far as they can go. So for that, I mean, the Chargers still trying to work things out, and they're and surprisingly enough, their uh, Melvin Gordon's agent was trying to uh, get in a trade if things weren't able to work out. So that was a surprising thing for me. And then for Ezekiel Elliott, of course, being that he still has two years left on his contract, he wanted to be paid right now instead of like could wait one more year and let. Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott get paid because Jalen Smith recently got his deal taken care of already. So he's good right now. So Zeke wants to get paid like right now. And he's uh, now like training somewhere else instead of like near uh, Dallas at the Dallas Cowboy facility. When he, ain't he getting ain't he in Mexico or something? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's enjoying that quite a bit. I hope he's not enjoying it too much because they just legalized cocaine down. There. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he may want to. He may want to get out of Mexico. <laughs> For real. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, man. You know, these sort of things do happen in the NFL, and I think famously with the Cowboys, this happened like twenty five years ago with uh, with Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith had a holdout that lasted into the season, and. It lasted two games into the season, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys lost both of those games. Yep. They gave him his money. So that's that's sort of the prime example of what you have to do sometimes as a player, and in particular as a, as a running back in the NFL because running backs have always, to a degree, been disposable. Mm-hmm. But at this point in the, in the history of the league, I don't think they've ever been more disposable than they are now. Because there's a lot of talented people at that position who are developed through the college ranks, and they come more come throughout uh, the the ranks every year into the NFL. Like uh, me and Ryan, we, we were doing our recording with the Bears. We talking about how deep they are at that position. They may have four or five guys who they can uh, arguably put out put out in the field as you know, if not starters, at least guys who can play real minutes. And the Cowboys, I think they could find they I I think the Cowboys, they know that Zeke is the key to a lot of what they do. Right. But they're not gonna make it easy on him because they want to set a standard as far as the the money that they put out for a running back. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, you also have you know, with the ownership there, you have a guy who's a grandstander, who's a media savvy and Jerry Jones. So he's not going to make anything easy on, on f- very few of his players. Is he going to make anything easy on? So I, I think a lot of this is when you mix that whole thing with the Cowboys of the way that they 
work with the media or the media works with them in regards to producing stories and, you know, the fact that they that they have a standard that they set in regards to paying players is sort of a perfect mixture for, you know, for this thing. And, and I'd say also the, uh, the, the running backs, the, the positions of the running back and how disposable they, you know, pr- pr- supposedly disposable they can seem, you know, it, I, I just think it's a lot of grandstanding and, and theatrics that are going on here. And I think eventually, uh, you know, he's gonna. I think eventually Zeke is gonna get what he wants, right. and the Cowboys are not going because because the Cowboys more than anything they want to win, and they know they're under pressure to win, and they don't want to go into this regular season and risk any type of Emmitt Smith's type situation that you know that that was back then. The Cowboys actually uh, did win the Super Bowl that year too, you know, because that and that they showed how good Emmitt Smith was and how important he was to that team, mm-hmm. you know. It may be a similar thing here with Zeke. So I don't think they're going to mess around there. Now, the uh, Chargers, on the other hand, you know, it's hard to get a read on them. They, You know, this is a team that moves from its traditional home in San Diego to, to Los a, Angeles. Yeah, and a damn soccer stadium at that. You know, they're playing in front of 30,000 people when they could be playing in front of 70,000 people in San Diego. So that, that franchise moves a little differently anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I guess they are set up for a new stadium in the LA area, but right now they're playing in the soccer stadium. So, you know, but uh, Gordon, you know, I'm uh, you know give you some of my bona fides as a journalist. I actually saw Gordon play as a as a high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw him. I covered a game he played in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Uh, he was actually he you know he's actually in Racine. He was playing uh, for a school in Racine, and it was the number one and number two schools at at the top level. Oh wow. And it was Wisconsin. It was quite a night, yeah. And he ran. He he, he ran over them boys. Like it was <laughs> it was you could he was a guy because uh, the big news then of course was him going to Wisconsin and uh Madison and uh you know you you knew then that he was gonna be at least a big time college player and he wound up being that and wound up being a big time pro player too. So he's always been a guy who I've rooted for. You know, you know, because when you have that connection, when you be able to see a guy coming up, you know, uh, you know, you, you definitely root for him. And I think, uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to be a running back in the NFL. You know, it's hard to be paid the way that you want to pay, right. that you want to be paid. And it's hard to, you know, make it worth your while when you have to put in so much work to get yourself to a high, pos- to a high position where you could get paid. So, you know, hopefully – Hopefully that'll work out for him. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know as much about that situation as the Dallas one, but you know, hopefully he'll get paid. But I, but I think even if if they come to a standstill and he ends up, you know, for some reason maybe getting off that team, I I think he'll definitely have find another space, another place for himself in the NFL because mm-hmm. he's shown he's shown himself to be that good of a running back. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a big. Those definitely two of the big stories. Another big story in the league that you mentioned uh, with your boy Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. So Antonio Brown's been holding out for a while because, of course, Antonio Brown's been dealing with a lot of uh, stuff ever since he stepped foot. He, he's, not, he's not holding out for money because he's got plenty of that. Yeah, he has plenty of that. So like, first, the first thing that he was dealing with at first was the whole – uh, foot thing with the cryotherapy when he was wearing the wrong footwear and everything and he had blisters on his feet and everything like that so that was one thing so he was out for a decent amount of time with that the second thing is like what's currently going on right now is the nfl has regulations right now with like different like helmets and everything to make sure like to prevent uh cushions i believe to make sure it's like safer for players and antonio brown is not feeling that kind of way about the helmets right now because he wants to wear the one that he currently has now or he had, I believe, a few years ago. Yeah. So he wants to wear one of those helmets. And with that situation, he will keep sitting out until Antonio Brown gets what he wants and is to play with his own helmet. And NFL and Roger Goodell aren't like letting that slip by and – they're going to like continue like arguing Antonio Brown, and then Antonio Brown's just gonna keep sitting out until he like 
gets that situated. Well, essentially, he's in a position where he would be the only player in the league who's not playing with this new standardized helmet right. that everybody on both sides, management and players, uh, agree is a help is a better helmet to deal with the con- concussion protocols and everything. It, it keeps it, it does more to protect the players, mm-hmm. essentially. And, you know, you can't, you, you know, there's been there's been certain rules certain adjustments and rules and, and safety equipment in sports, you know, and I, I think every sport has had this sort of uh, issue at some point, you know, I think famously in hockey, they've had grandfathered rules where they allow players for time, older players to play with, uh, you know, without helmets and stuff like that when they were, when they were moving into helmets and, you know, making it, like I said, protecting players' heads out there you know, so they won't get hit with pucks. I think in baseball there have been certain uh, grandfathered rules too where uh, with regards to helmets and stuff uh, mm-hmm. as well. But and, and actually here with the NFL with this with this transference into this new these new uh, helmets, they wanted to do it a year ago right. with everybody, but they allow certain players, uh, Tom Brady, Along with Brown and uh, Aaron Rodgers as well, famously, they had helmets that they were used to and that they didn't want to give up yet. They played with those old helmets last year while the rest of the league was, uh, you know, transitioning to the new helmets. But they said after last year, that was it. Mm-hmm. And those two guys, two of the biggest stars in the league, quarterbacks, you know, we don't know how quarterbacks are inherently stars, but these are on top of being quarterbacks, they're two of the best quarterbacks who ever played a game. They, they're they falling in line. So if they're going to do it, you got to figure that uh, Antonio's going to do it too, even though Antonio was a very special player as well. But he's also a problematic player in a lot <laughs> yeah. of ways. You know, you, you mentioned the stuff with the cryogenics with the feet, and the, that just seems silly. Like, the whole that whole thing just seems silly. Right. And it's, it's like – you know, either you either you want to be, uh, uh, either you want to be a a member on the next on the cast of next year's season of Ballers, or you want to be a real baller. Exactly. You know, you want to be out here playing games and and extending the and and creating these wild storylines that seem like they're uh, made for a TV show, or do you want to like like you know and they seem like you know for to that end, I'm mentioning Ballers on HBO. They'll Raiders on Hard Knocks on HBO. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that was part of what people wanted to anticipate with the Raiders, you know, seeing what type of mess that Antonio Brown and the like was going to get into, and he's really feeding into that. But at some point, like uh, the GM Mike Mayock said this week, man, you either got to play or not. You got to you got to you with us or you're not. And and like we said, they just gave him a fat contract. They got him out of Pittsburgh, yeah. which which he wanted to get out of, even though it was. You know, it's all he knew in the league, and it was a situation where he's won a lot of games. He wanted to get out of there. The, the, you know, Oakland gave him that opportunity, and they gave him a lot of money at that. And I think he just got to he just got to get down with what's going on in the league now, especially because again, it's a health. It's for your health, man. Exactly. You know, you know, you want to you want to play out there with substandard equipment. I mean, you might as well go out there with a leather helmet on. Then. <laughs> You know, play like it's nineteen thirty one or something, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you, you, this dude, this dude already ha- looks like he's got enough rattled in his head. You know, you don't need any more rattling done to your head, man. Exactly. So protect yourself, man. Protect your wealth, and and don't. And there's no reason why you should give up one penny just because of a stupid helmet. You know, and but he's risking that. So hopefully they'll get get over that and. uh you know, because that's definitely I want to see the Raiders, man. I want to see the Raiders whole and see, you know, just what type of uh, team they got this year. You know, right. the Raiders are an interesting team, though. You know, we we in Chicago, you know, we, we sort of uh, partial to them, you know, because they gave us Khalil Mack, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, they could do whatever they want to do now. You know, they gave us Khalil and, and, and blessed us with that. So. I actually don't mind that. I wouldn't mind if they got out and had a better year this year. You know, just 
you know, and, and, and Oakland deserves that too. You know, this is going to be their last year in Oakland. Right. Uh, they got to suffer through losing that team again. The loss, you know, this time at Las Vegas. So, you know, let's, let's see Oakland have one more good year right. with their team, man. And, you know, and they already have uh, some good pieces too, along with Antonio Brown. They just drafted uh Cleveland Farrell with uh, a high uh, pick that they got. That's defensive tackle. They're, yeah, they got they, all these. They got uh, all these. Picks. For him, uh, John Abram at safety. Thinking about some high moves with on defensive end to make some moves out there. And then they just got Tyrell Williams from the Chargers to help out Antonio Brown on the uh, receiving end. So I mean, some potential weapons for Derek Carr to throw to to make the ball move so they can uh, get some points on the board. I mean. Oakland could potentially do some things, so it's just, uh, we'll see what they can do from there. Well, yeah, they got all those picks from the Bears and 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 then uh, you know uh, from the Cowboys as well, trading off uh, trading off the guy uh, Richie Incognito. No, nah, they didn't trade. Oh, they didn't trade him, but yeah, they, they did get him over there. Yeah, well, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't really count Incognito as a good pickup for some other reasons, but. Uh, no, they they traded the, the Alabama receiver to Dallas. Oh, Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper, yeah, and they got picks for him too. So they they've used that to to draft some of these high class players that they got, like you mentioned, the, the kid from Clemson and stuff like that. And, you know, so, yeah, they 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 they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're trying to rebuild. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward with them. But if they're going to do anything, they're going to need to do it with uh, Antonio Brown. So. But uh, yeah, that's that's it though for now. If, if you no, know, hopefully we ain't bored too many of you. Uh, you uh, you uh, ban the NFL types or you boycott the NFL types. So we gonna move away from that and actually move into the situ, move into the the talk that you actually uh, may be more interested in if you're one of those types. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're gonna have some words from my man. Uh, Joshua A. Hicks, M. Hicks, I should say. I call him Joshua A. Hicks sometimes mm-hmm. because I want him to be like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> you know, Joshua A. Hicks. That could be his his other name. You know, his you know, but um, but yeah, Joshua M. Hicks, uh, who normally gives you the uh, in the scope podcast and in the scope uh, t- uh, uh, column. Uh, you know he's he's had some thoughts on Jay Z and uh, you know Cap and the NFL and that whole you know that whole situation there. So I'm gonna give you his thoughts on that. We didn't do a proper in the scope podcast on that. He just reeled off some some thoughts on that uh, on his own. I'm gonna give you give you that. You know if uh, you know I'm sure a lot of y'all have already made up your minds in that situation. In my case, you know. I, I would say that I think there's more than one way to skin the cat. And uh, if you're talking about, you know, having a, whether you want to have a seat at the table or you want to, you want to kneel and protest, you know, we need all those things. If we're going to get these sort of changes made that we want to get. And um, in regards to the NFL, you know, it's a playing field. It's a literal and figurative playing field that we're talking about here and and it's a high stakes playing field when you're talking about uh the things that the NFL holds dear and the and the things that they want to uh pro- that they want to promote and uh you know and utilize the platform for it's not easy to get a piece of that platform in the way that Jay-Z has just did and I think I don't think that's something that's going to be left uh, that he's going to take for granted. You know, I think it's something that he's going to utilize because he has a record of representing for the people and for representing for the, the disenfranchised, for those who don't have as much as him. So I don't, you know, you could talk about how this disrespects Cap, and, and in some ways it does. And, and I agree definitely that Cap should have some sort of say I also would say that he maybe needs to start speaking up for himself on his own a little bit more. And uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot more to be said about this whole situation. But for now, uh, here's 
what uh Josh has to say about it, a little endoscope uh extra commentary from him. What's up everybody? This is your man Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media, aka We Are We Go Radio, main author and writer of the Endoscope column and podcast that comes out every week. Special thanks to our founder and director Kyle Means for this week's podcast and for allowing me to ride this train solo this week to really talk about this topic that's really close and dear to me. You know, for the Endoscope podcast and column, normally I cover not just sports, but social justice issues that correlate with the sports world. And this week, the NFL comes out with a huge social justice boost by a social justice activist in his own right, and Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. Recently, they struck a deal deal, or what you call it, a multi-year partnership where Jay-Z and his entertainment group, Rock Nation, gets to work with the NFL in leading its Super Bowl entertainment efforts as well as amplifying the league's social justice initiatives. Now, Jay-Z wasn't playing when he had the opportunity to play for Super Bowl and he told them no. Matter of fact, in his song... Ape-ish, to keep it clean for the PG listeners for this podcast. In his song Ape-ish off the Carter's album, in which was the collab- collaboration album with his wife, Beyonce, he quoted it and said, I said no to the Super Bowl. That You need me. I don't need you. He was referring to the NFL. And it was around the time when Colin Kaepernick had his situation and started his movement and he got blackballed out of the league. Now, Jay-Z is a huge support of Colin Kaepernick and this movement. Matter of fact, Jay-Z is a huge social justice, justice activist within his own right. He did everything he can to make sure he got Meek Mill out of jail. Huge support of that. And he's not just working with Meek Mill now, but he's also working with Patriots owner Robert Kraft to form a criminal justice or prison reform organization called Reform Alliance. And this group is specifically targeting people that have been arrested for unjust crimes, misdemeanors. He's, he's part of that pledge group that's given $50 million towards his organization. So, besides, and besides the fact of he's been very outspoken when it comes to the police brutality and injustices when it comes to inequality amongst minority groups, especially African Americans. He's been very much an activist within his own right. So partnering with the NFL to make, not just to not just obviously make a great check, but on top of that, really help reshape the narrative of the NFL for the NFL to pursue this opportunity is a huge, huge deal for the both of them. But will it serve as true justice? Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case unless you put Colin Kaepernick at the forefront of that justice. If Colin Kaepernick never knelt or took that knee to protest against the injustices within America, to shed light against the inequalities that is going, that, that is going on within this country, you can argue that you may not even have a deal between Jay-Z and the NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. You can argue that this may not even be a discussion. You can argue that the whole issue of social justice and the inaccuracies that are taking place within the NFL wouldn't even be in question. May not even, we may not even be aware of it fully if it wasn't for Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid, a former teammate on the, on the 49ers that's, took a, that, that's helped them start this movement. We all know that Kaepernick got blackballed out of the league for that. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, America itself, including rich white owners and rich white people in general, if you want to include obviously President Donald Trump, were very outspoken against this this justice movement. And on top of that, it got so bad that the president even called him a son of a gun for the clean version. And on top of that said that if anyone else was to protest, they got to be kicked out the league. 
his good friend Jerry Jones actually backed him up and said the same thing to his own Dallas Cowboy uh, staff and players. Saying that if you protest against the flag, you're you're disrespecting America when the reality is we're disrespecting America because we're ignoring the true realities that America has, that, 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 that lies within the country. And that's the fact that there's injustice and inequality amongst minority groups. And more specifically, African-Americans. We're ignoring the fact that young African-American black males that are around my age. And, and for you guys are wondering, I am 25. Are getting killed by police brutality and more targeted by police than any era within this country. And in any other group within this country. Kaepernick stood up for us. He stood up for me. But yet he paid the price, just like any other activist would. Unemployment. Bad reputation on your name. Backbiting. And yet he stayed true to himself. Even though he's been blackballed out of the league, he started his own nonprofit organization called Know Your Rights. He's worked with Eric Reed to make this to make that community work and that non for profit organization possible where he's investing in youth in young black African-American males to know your rights when it comes to dealing with police, to how to how to be approachable to police. How to get how to respect them while also making sure you are covering your own self in dealing with and dealing in interactions with the police. To make sure you have your, and to increase your best chances of basically staying alive. And besides that, Kaepernick has also utilized his platform to donate to other charitable groups. Which is a vow that he took when he was starting this protest movement. I want to say he literally gave up $100 million, uh, up to $10 million of his money to 10 different charity groups. A million dollars per charity. Kaepernick is the true definition of what the league needs when you talk about the term social justice. It is imperative that the NFL brings this issue back on the table and finally resolve this dilemma. This unfortunate circumstance that he had to go through that the NFL caused. And allow to get in the way of the true reality of what Kaepernick really stood for. The only man that can make that possible is the man that opened up the opportunity to not just support him, but op- and not just support him within his music, but also now has opened up the opportunity to maybe bring him to the table. And that's Jay-Z. There's no other man when it comes to social justice and within the black community that has that platform, the mentality. And the business IQ to make this idea possible. Jay-Z was the perfect can- is the perfect candidate to help get Colin Kaepernick a job. Whether it's playing in the NFL, whether it's being part of his sports team, or being part of the actual social justice movement on his board, on his staff. As one of his right-hand men to help carry out this initiative that the league desperately needs to change and reform. If Kaepernick is not on the table, what justifies your status of true social justice within the NFL? Does All you're doing is just adding an extra layer to try to cover up the, the sore in the league that really defines your cure. If you, if you put Colin Kaepernick at the front of the table and get him a job or get him a piece of something that represents your, represents your league, your base, your company. Your, your, your words are gone. Because Kaepernick's finally employed in some fashion within the league. He finds a, he, he'll have a place within the NFL. But if you don't, and you just let it slide, and you just bring Jay-Z on to carry out this initiative that you want, and Jay-Z can't do anything about it, 
well, then you're just only making the cancer worse. You're just trying to you're trying to give cancer its unnatural treatment that it needs to be cured. So I suggest that Jay-Z really brings this to the table. Jay-Z, you need to give Colin Kaepernick some type of employment opportunity within the NFL, whether it is on your staff or part of the social justice initiative or knowing or knowing Jay-Z or what we know about Jay-Z. He's a businessman. What if this leads to an opportunity for him to be an owner in the league? I believe the Carolina Panthers are still for sale. What if he buys that franchise? What if he's the owner or the main owner? Include Colin Kaepernick in an investment group. Now you're not. Now you're talking real status in the NFL. A status that will overcome any narrative that the NFL was trying to dismiss and elevate Colin Kaepernick to a level of heroism that even though he already established will just be the icing on the cake. Jay-Z is the only man that can make this possible. And he's now in a prime position to do it. But if he doesn't, not just Jay-Z, but the NFL overall in general, is going to miss the mark of really truly changing the narrative of what it's like and what it means to have a true social justice narrative within, the, within, your, within their league. And that's something that I hope Jay-Z can change. And for that, Colin Kaepernick, I'm rooting for you to keep going because something's going to break and I'm really praying that Jay-Z will be the guy to make it happen. You can follow us we are Regal Radio on Twitter. We are Regal Radio. Regal Radio 1 is actually the actual Twitter name. Follow us on Instagram as well. You can follow me personally on my Twitter, jhicks042, and on my Instagram at thatguyjoshhicks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's In The Scope special edition featuring just me. Shout out to Kyle for the opportunity. Keep up with the website. We got a lot of good things coming on. We got Ryan Bukovetsky's column on the Bears. We have Chris's, Chris Pennant's column uh, called Above the Clouds for the Chicago Sky, which he will be covering this weekend, a couple of games. So make sure to be on the lookout for that as the Chicago Sky doing really well, preparing themselves for an opportunity to go to the playoffs. And like I said, we're going to be keeping, we're going to be keeping stuff up every, every week within the scope, as well as other opportunities coming out, coming out with basketball season now coming back into play. So be on the lookout for the many great things that we are regular, we are regal radio a.k.a. War Media, have in store for you guys. All right, everybody, that was our guy, Josh Hicks, with a little bit of uh, in the scope for you. Uh, of course, he's written a lot in the past about that, uh, the subject of Colin Kaepernick and his continued efforts to uh, you know, get back in the NFL and the support around him and everything. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, not surprising that he's uh, along with, uh, riding along with Callan again in this situation with this latest fissure, you know, involving him and, you know, people on his side, people on Jay-Z's side. And, you know, there's most people I think are stuck in the middle in one way or another. They can observe what they observe. I guess I would put myself in that position. You know, I've been pretty much, you know, on the sideline with this because I'd rather look at the whole picture. And I think most people don't look at the whole picture in regards to Kaepernick, you know, in general, you know, going back three years now with this whole thing. And definitely they're not looking at it now with, you know, Jay-Z involved in this. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, – you know, the unfortunate hero worship, celebrity worship that, uh, you know, is so prevalent in the way that we view things in society and, uh, you know, cults of personalities and whatnot. And, you know, definitely Jay has one of those surrounding him and Cap has one now as well. And, um, you know, I think when, when you involve stuff like that, you know, it's... You know, people going to take their sides. They're going to make their camp, you know, build their encampments 
and they're going to, you know, keep shooting out their opinions through social media and doing all that. And, you know, I think in the end, what we're getting is just a discussion that's, you know, churning and rechurning itself just to, you know, just so it can be exist. And it's not really leading to anything, you know, developing any type of development, I think that would lead to, uh, you know, to something formatting in, in the way of adding to the resistance, the, uh, you know, that people want to see that's this development that people want to see in regards to, uh, you know, easing the black freedom struggle. And, uh, you know, we could definitely argue that Jay isn't helping and what he's doing in his, you know, in his dealings with the NFL. But I think there's also room to critique things that Colin has done as well, at least strategically. You know, I think you can't critique where he's come from, where his heart is and where his mind is in a lot of ways. I think he's proven himself to be you know, in his limited way as, uh, as, uh, you know, as far as, uh, statements go, public statements, he's still has proven himself to be a sharp enough observer of our society and what, uh, you know, he's, he's clear enough in his statements to let us know where he's coming from. But I think once, that's good enough as a football player, but he hasn't been a football player for three years now. And I think the time has come where, as a political actor, he's going to have to step up more. And, you know, I know he's done plenty. He's done a lot with his organizations. He's helped get money, uh, you know, funded for various organizations, various sizes, you know, Going back to a couple of years, I remember interviewing a local organization here in Chicago uh, with the Dean Davis show. We had them on and they uh, spoke highly of uh, Cap and his efforts uh, through the Know Your Rights Foundation and stuff. And, you know, I have all the respect in the world for Cap. You know, I think it's a tragedy what happened to him in regards to the NFL. But at the same time, the NFL is never going to be a place or platform as a as a platform as an organization that was going to extend itself for the black freedom struggle and i don't understand why people don't still get that you know what they're doing what the most of what they will what they will ever be willing to do as an organization is what we're seeing now with jay-z <laughs> it's something that they're involved in marketing uh, you know, it's some t- attention getting things, promotion, money. That's what that's what they're involved with. You can look back at their dealings with the Department of Defense and you know the American the United States Department of Defense. They took money from them in order to promote certain patriotic values and stuff and pro uh, army Sir pro army imagery and everything like that in the wake of nine eleven in the post nine eleven world you know that I think that tells you all that you need to know about the ground level of morals that are involved with the n f l there you know there's much of a the n f l itself is as much of a you know, pure capitalistic organization as there is in the entire world, especially in America. And that's part of what was built their, what they built their success on. There's very little that's moral involved with the NFL when they come down to their final decisions. And when you look at what Colin Kaepernick has come, where he comes from, where he came from in building his, his, uh, view views on the world and the movement that he wants to align himself with it's all based in a moral uh, you know, a, a, say having a moral stance and something that is 
you know, defining right against wrong. Right is protesting and, uh, you know, protesting and fighting the continued state-sponsored murder of the men and women of color. That's that's a purely moral stance, and that's not something that you can argue against. If you argue against it in some way, you're pretty much showing your morals, or you're showing your absence of feeling for that particular uh, you know, that particular subject, and. The NFL doesn't want to be seen as an organization that doesn't have any morals. That's not what they want to be seen as, but that is what their actions belie. And, uh, you know, in the end, you know, when you force a moralist organization to, you know, do something that, do something that, is against his nature, this is what you get. You get concerts, you get t-shirts, you get, uh, you know, you get uh, contributions that come after, uh, no, after the, uh, the efforts that they're made are covered. You know, the efforts that are being made in these shows and everything, you know, when uh, the money comes back from that, they're good. They'll give whatever's left to the, uh, you know, towards the efforts of this, uh, these old, this, whether it's inspired change or whatever, and, you know, whatever the, the players formatted with the, with the lead and as far as, you know, the efforts of uh, trying to in, educate people, I guess. I guess plenty educated. I don't know if any more education is needed, but uh, it's kind of obvious to see what's going on out here, but uh, you're not going to get much in the way of direct action uh, with the NFL. And I think that's just a fight that's going to be, you know, it's going to be kept off for no reason. You know, we got to look towards ourselves again for uh, the type of leadership that, we need if we're going to, uh, you know, if we're going to get around, if we get get around or get over these uh, obstacles that are out here in regards to, you know, the police and, you know, poverty and racism and all this stuff. It's, the NFL was never a playing field for that. It was just a platform where this unlikely Avenger for, uh, for all the, for all the people's rights, you know, he he was able to build himself. He was able to, uh, you know, it was where his origins come from. You know, his origin story is going to involve the NFL, but I don't think much of his legacy is going to involve what, uh, you know, what he did in the NFL. It's going to have to be built off what he does from here and now, and that's Colin Kaepernick, of course, I'm, I'm talking about. You have to let, you know, like I said, I think he has to step up some more in some ways. But uh, we also have to just let go, I think, of this whole obsession with the NFL. I've, I've never had, as a progressive myself, I've never had the inclination that the NFL should reflect my values. That's why I've never protested. It. That's why I've never stopped watching it. If you felt, if you feel that way, and that's what you need from the NFL, then by all means, let it go. And I understand perfectly why you wouldn't want to watch it or support it in any way. You know, I'm a sports writer. I support, you know, I, I have a platform that's built off sports and uh, sports coverage. And, uh, so I'm always going to be involved in some way with covering the NFL and, uh, you know, it's not going to stop. And my following on the NFL, like I said, does not is not something that is really involved or intersecting with my, uh, you know, my progressivism at all. And that's not to say that I don't want to see stuff like that. I understand the element of, I think a lot of this comes down to representative politics. 
and people wanting to see people like them reflected in the things that they like. You know, whether you talk about music or, you know, popular culture, music, movies, film, we all want to see people who represent us in some way, who stand up for us, who rep for the culture involved in what we like. And that's very, that's for progressive, that's been not the case at all with the NFL throughout the history of the league. They, the league has done more to prop up those who were uh, agnostic in regards to politics or, you know, short of that, those who stand firmly on the side of uh, conservatism. No, they don't, you know, they, they, they don't really hold up progressives that way. And I think that's a sore spot for many who, uh, you know, consider themselves on the left or Democrat or however you want to put it. But, uh, you know, that's what made Collins stand or his kneeling uh, such a monumental event. And that's what's going to put him in, in history books in regards to, uh, the intersection of sports and uh, culture and sports and society. But uh, it's just, it's got to be just a starting point. It's got to be, it's not something that, it's not where the story is going to be, we're going to continue from here on. It's not where it's going to end. It's not going to be a place where there's going to be any sort of redemption or victory in the end. It's, it's not going to be a fourth quarter. Uh, game-winning drive here in regards to Colin in the NFL. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can all, hopefully uh, over time uh, we'll accept that. I think uh, as, this, as this new NFL season comes, you know, more proof will be given to that and we're just going about our business. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't look uh, suspiciously at the NFL, look, uh, you know, at the NFL as an entity and critique it when it, when it does things that are you know, antisocial or you know props up people who are antisocial, we should definitely speak out against that. Use our platforms in that manner. But uh, in the end, it's, they're about the bucks. They're about entertaining people, and uh, you know. When you cross that line against doing that and do something that forces people to uh, think about society in a different way than what they would like to typically on a Sunday afternoon, you know, the standard has been set and we know what's going to happen. You know, if you if you risk yourself as an athlete in that way, you know, I think, again, strategically, there's a lot of... You know, I could break down some ways in which I think Colin may have uh, approached it, approached his situation going back to 16 that uh, could have led him to stay in the league and do what he's and continue to do what he's done. But he took the risk as a free agent player to be at that time. And, you know, as soon as he played his last game for the 49ers, that was it for him. You know, it was it was clear then, but I think in our romanticized versions of uh, visions, I should say, romanticized visions of uh, redemption and uh, comebacks for players, you know, and athletes going back to Ali and, you know, Jackie Robinson, who suffered his, you know, suffered his uh, arrows slung at him early in his career and went on to be an MVP and a champion in his sport. You know, there, there are other, you know, there are other examples throughout the history of sports, but you know, it's not happening for Cap, unfortunately, not on the field. So he's got to make his legacy off the field, and uh, I wish him the best in that. So, uh, you know, that's it for now. Uh, it's, uh, we'll holler at you later, man. We are RegalRadio.com, War on Anchor, War Media. You know, check us out. Uh, more football coverage, like I said, you ain't stopping that. Me and Ryan Bukovetsky on the Bears and, and the league coming up. Uh, we'll have uh, some preview coverage coming up with the Bears uh, and the Packers for the uh, opener on Thursday. So check that out this week. And uh, that's it. Plenty more stuff to come. Plenty more from Josh, of course, in the scope. 
giving you a lot of uh, uh, interesting and thought-provoking columns there. Uh, Chris Pennant uh, with basketball mainly there. And, uh, you know, even the Ian, you'll hear from Ian again with us, definitely. The intern, uh, in, intern Ian uh, will be the breaking out of that breaking out of that limiting label. Uh, he won't be an intern anymore, but um, you should definitely see and hear from him as a contributor to War Media, uh, continuing in the future. So, uh, you know, check him out, follow him on uh, on social media. You can see his. I can't uh, remember the tag right now, the, the the Twitter tag, but it's on his articles on the site. And uh, yeah, that's it for now, man. This is Kyle Means hollering at you, and uh. You know, hope you enjoy yourselves, enjoy your holidays, uh, the Labor Day weekend, you know, and uh, you know, keep your peace out there, keep building. We'll you. Hey, yo. Here goes.